Neil, the Timberwolves haven't won a game since you returned from your vacation in Orlando. What are you going to do next? I guess I'm going back to Disney World? Welcome to episode 173 of Wolvescast, the unofficial Craig Kilborn fan club podcast. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. I'm more of a Craig Ferguson kind of guy. Okay, yeah, his his replacement. I think. Yeah, I don't. I, I, think. Was, I just I wasn't the right age really. I, I yeah. was never the right age for a K- Craig Kilborn, and uh, Craig Ferguson was also just a little bit like I caught the tail end of Craig Ferguson's time. Uh, I enjoyed him. I think the accent does a lot of the heavy lifting oh, yeah. there. You know. Yeah, I like the Scottish accent, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, Craig Kilborn also like. Even more notably than that, in a lot of ways, was like the precursor to John Stewart on the Daily Show. Yeah, absolutely. Like he goes way back. I can't believe I was just. Well, this is a tangent of a conversation to start. Off. I was going to talk about like, man, Trevor Noah's been around for a long time. <laughs> I thought, you know, he's not. My opinion on him, he's fine. He's not great. He's not bad. He's definitely not bad. But yeah. I can't believe someone who's just kind of uh, in the middle has kept that job unlocked for a long time. But hey, let me tell you. Seth Myers is where it's at. Mm. Closer look, everybody. He's he's That's right in the fave. groove. I've, yeah, I, I think uh, I watched Kimmel's monologue, Colbert's monologue, and Seth Myers' A Closer Look, which is kind of like his monologue adjacent segment every yeah, night. Those are the ones. And uh, that, they each have their own thing. I think Colbert's definitely like the showman, you know? He, he does this. Mm-hmm. His, his jokes are a little bit like uh, more aimed at older people, I think. They're less outrageous, uh, less experimental, but he's such a showman. And uh, it's very fun to watch. And then Seth, he's, he's got a lot of cerebral jokes, you know? He doesn't even stand up, he sits behind a desk. He kind of has visuals, that. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, he's a big fan. Seth well, and and uh, yeah, our boy Craig Kilborn just is a you know Minnesota native. You know, if you watch the broadcast on Monday, you saw him making the rounds and talking to folks. And yeah, he's uh, he's I think he's born here. At least he played you know high school basketball here in Hastings. So. He's a he had what I described to Neil as a real dangerous energy on the mic, on, yeah. the, on the broadcast. Late night, late night talk show host slash a little bit older. Maybe Felt like something might slip out there on the air that <laughs> that Bally Sports wouldn't be too happy about. But that, oh, that was fine. That I enjoyed good. it. I hope he's back on there someday. And maybe, maybe, maybe you'll see him or hear him on this podcast someday. If, uh, you know, he, he, we'd love to have him on as a guest someday. So, Craig, if you're listening, uh, hit us up. We'd love to do I'm that. Sorry, what I said about Craig Ferguson. That's right. Um, also, uh, before we get in the show here, I want to promote uh, our our palm hat, Scott. The wolf palm hat is still mm-hmm. for sale, and um, you know, unless you live out of the country, I'm pretty sure I can get it to you before Christmas. So order now. They're on sale um, on our website, and you can get free shipping um, if you if you know the offer code. Right? It's uh, it's on a need to know basis, and if you're a listener of the show. Well, then you need to know. So it's a uh, it's a uh, ant facts, right? All uh, caps, no space. All caps, ant facts, and you will get free shipping on that uh, item right there. We want to say thank you as well to everyone who's already purchased. Way better response than I thought. So, but if you haven't picked it up yet, take a look at the website, and it's there for you, and we'll ship it to your house. I wear it every day when I walk my dog. Oh, there it is, so warm for the winter. That's here, so check that out. But Scott, we are back. Just me and oh, you. Wolvescast.com. Did you say Wolvescast.com. that? Wolvescast.com. That is the website. That's where everyone. you go to get There's it. There's a main navigation mm. shop is the one you'll want to hit. Yes. While you're there, check out what else we have. There's some fun stuff. Some people have ordered some pins, too. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, those, those Tom Thibodeau pins. Man, <laughs> <laughs> got to get rid of those. 
Yeah. Really, really overbought those. Should put those on sale. But uh, anyway, yeah, so we got all that stuff. Uh, Thanks for checking it out. But, uh, yeah, Scott, you and I are back in person. Two weeks ago, we had uh, Kyle Radke on. Last week, it was you and Robert. Two really good shows. If you uh, missed out, I would go back and check them both out. I had a lot of fun with Robert last week. So shout out to Robert. Thanks for... Really good show. You know, it's it's always a good time when Robert's around. Yes, yes. Very good. Um, but yeah, and his Detroit Lions beat the Vikings last week. Their first win. I they, think they were on like a fifteen game lo- or fifteen week losing streak or something. So I think it's a related uh, situation there. You right. Exactly. I mean? Like it's not a coincidence that Robert, uh, you know, the the Lions fan on Kings of the North comes on Wolf's Cast and then his team wins. Finally. Finally. There you go. So shout out to Robert. Shout out to the Lions. But today on the show, everybody, we got re- week recap. We're going to talk in full court press about uh, the scary schedule here in December, uh, in addition to the Miles Turner trade rumors and maybe a little bit of uh, Patrick Beverly extension talk. Uh, we have a sponsor. We're going to do Worried, Not Worried, Weekly Wolfies, and Scott has a brand new game that involves dice. So um, you're going to want to stick around throughout this whole pod, but we're starting it off in week recap. The week that was 0-3 this week, as we said in the cold open. It's been a while since we had a win on a four-game losing streak now, so that's tough. Wolves are 11-14 overall, 10th in defensive rating, 23rd in offensive rating, good for the 16th best net rating. And now, Scott, you mentioned it last week. I have now switched to cleaning the glass from my rating stats because they, they take out garbage time. Oh, wow. Which is nice. I appreciate that. They stopped counting after a certain point. That, that's in the good because there was definitely a little bit of garbage time. Although, yeah. the Utah Jazz, I was a little shocked that they left their starters in so long last night. We, we had conceded it. And I'm just going to say, Neil, this is why I'm not in the league, by the way. If I was a third strainer and the starters were left in in a blowout, like I could be getting real physical. <laughs> real physical. <laughs> I'd be I'd be going over Rudy Gobert's back yeah. up for those boards. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll definitely talk about those two um, home losses. But first, the the loss that happened in Brooklyn on Friday, which is kind of weird because it's, I mean I think on paper they're the best of these three teams. Yeah, we played them, and it was the only the competitive. It was the only competitive game of the week. Uh, right. The other two were blowouts, but this one was close all the way down the stretch. You know, and. I think, uh, I mean, Robert and I joked about on last week's pod saying that this is the one time we'd be okay with a moral victory. And we definitely got that moral victory, you know, because especially with all the players out, we were missing so many players. For us to hang in there with a team like Brooklyn, I know that they weren't playing at their best either, but it just felt like, wow, I mean, Kevin Durant played, James Harden played. It's not like they were missing any of their big guys. So. Um, I, Joe I thought, Harris really, you know, is a new new injury for them anyway. Right, it's a shame that we had to wear those Nets jerseys though. I, <laughs> the blue. I just I love the black and white Brooklyn jerseys so much. Why are we going back to like uh-huh. the New Jersey era? That was such a bad era. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the entire, I'm not saying like like uh, the most recent New Jersey. The no. entire time in the New Jersey Nets, they never had a good look. Yeah. No, I mean, except for like ABA days with like Dr. J and stuff, like <laughs> yeah. those black and white with the stars on them kind of stuff. But like they have had bad jerseys for decades, and now we're trying to go back for some kind of throwback they got, nostalgia. They have to abide by the Nike City rules. They have <laughs> I guess, to. They I guess. quite literally have to go back. So not a fan. Uh, but yeah, Brooklyn, that was a pretty good game. But uh, Wolves hung around. But yeah, it's kind of an overarching. Uh, theme here that's really you know kind of been a part of the last week plus for the wolves is the injuries and the sickness and illness and uh you know get nothing, your flu shots nothing too big you know we got pat bev com- coming back uh, on wednesday for that utah game and uh you know he, he seems to be raring to go now so you know that was like the big injury like the oh this guy could be out for a month like type of thing whereas all the other ones you know russell's ankle 
some of the other, you know, tailbone for towns, uh, sicknesses for some of these other guys. Those are more of game to game feels like Russell so. has such a, a good understanding of his own body I think because we talked about this last year too or and it happened earlier yeah. in the season we, we I was joking that whenever the hate uh, there's too much hate from fans on Russell he sits out two games and he's like you'll miss me when I'm gone now I come back <laughs> and he's like oh now you like my 18 yeah. to 20 points a game you know yeah you're not hating on me anymore which I don't think was the case here because I feel like he was getting a lot of love for how he's playing especially with that Sixers game but yeah bummer to have him out you feel like you know we would have had a better shot against uh, Utah, at least, mm-hmm. if he had played. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, Wolves, uh, you know, lose that one and then uh, head home on uh, Monday and Wednesday and uh, lose those games. But these are, whew, these are some some beatdowns, Scott. Oh. These uh, lots of lots of threes made. I feel like that's like the headline uh, from those two is all the threes that were were cashed in. I think each team made twenty five threes. This is like unbelievable stuff right there. Yeah, I think we all know now how what the NBA record is for three pointers in a game because we had to look it up both nights in case the oh. other team was going to make it. Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Because they're talking about because uh, I think with like eight minutes left to go in Monday's game against the Hawks, they had twenty two. And so the broadcast was like, well, I guess we got to keep an eye on if an NBA record is going to get set against us tonight. But yeah, the uh, as a franchise sh- record for the Hawks, at least that's the most threes they've hit in a single game in Atlanta Hawks franchise history. So yeah, pretty, that's, uh, pretty wild there. So yeah, it was just kind of a blowout, you know, uh, especially with the Monday one. Uh, it was good to see our old friend Gorgie Jang getting in some action. He, yeah, uh, three or four from three. He got he get, he got the stuff on Towns, you know, which yep. is always fun to watch. Uh, we love Gorgie. He, we're big Gorgie fans. On the podcast, so it was great to see him back. Uh, the broadcast that it was the first time he's played against the Wolves since he left. That is just surprising to me. Yeah, you know, I, can't, I think I, I think he was. We were saying it. we think he's Feels probably like been two years or something. on a Memphis team that we played against, but he must not have played in the game. But yeah. he he had three three pointers. You know, we got to watch that trebuchet uh, jump shot of his, not jump shot, a set shot. Set but, shot. And then he got the the denial on Towns. The only thing we were really missing was that travel, the Gorky James travel, where he pump fakes <sighs> it and then tries to go. You know. Yeah, he should have. He did all the good things and not. Any of the bad things. I love his <laughs> run where he's kind of like yeah. a little shuffle. Yeah, I love you, Gorgie. Yeah, Gorgie back you. in the house. But yeah, good to see Trey Young. And uh, you know, shout out to our off-brand player of the week. Oh yes, had to bring it back. Yeah, do you want to say it, Scott? You want you want to do it? Dave Benz had a good time saying it. Yeah, you, you were go, noticing. Go for it. Uh, Timothy Luawu Cabarro. That's right, French. <sighs> and uh, he had. I think we looked it up nine three pointers on the season, and he hit seven against the Wolves on Monday. Unbelievable, filling it. I mean, that's the thing. Like Atlanta, their thing is depth. Like they had uh, Reddish, Hunter, and Bogdanovich, who didn't even play in this game, right? And they just fill up. You know, I mean, Luau Cabrero comes in. You get uh, um, what's the red hair guy's name? Uh, Werter, uh, Herter. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Kevin Herter. Um, you know, so they just they just have all these guys who can just step up and step in. I mean, yeah. even Gorgie is a fill in for uh, for Okongwu. I forget. I always forget. Like ago. Lou Williams is on this team. Lou Williams on the team, and, you know, and, and that's why I, guys. I don't know if it was on the pod or during prep, but I was telling Robert that I have a pick 'em pool uh, with some friends where we pick wins and oh, some yeah. other things and put a little bit of money on it every year. And I picked a lot of wins for the Atlanta Hawks because I looked at that depth and I was like, well, and this is a team that kind of might know who they are after going to the conference finals yeah. last year. But two, they've got such good depth that they could take injuries yeah. and just kind of keep on ticking so they're like 12 and 12 right now but i think they're 
they're going to be better than that right, by, exactly. by, uh, by the end. Oh, it was crazy, too. Their coach had like 700 career wins. I was like, what? How did he get up there? Wow. I guess. Yeah, they, they fired Lloyd Pierce and now Nate McMillan. He's been around the league a long time. I have no so. idea he's been around that long, though. That's a lot I of wins. I guess so. Yeah, he's in Portland, Indiana, all these places. Yeah. Um, all right, then another beatdown Wednesday night, just the other night, at the hands of the Utah Jazz. Just simply outclassed it felt like in this one uh utah obviously kind of more at full strength the wolves were without uh, russell in this one and uh somebody else uh someone else was missing uh, and we should say uh, on monday yeah. too i mean towns played but barely you know like he he, he was clearly injured i think mean, capella is so good too that's, that's yeah, just a but, bad matchup i mean he was just you could see when he moved Physically, he was laboring you yeah, know so yeah. i don't think he was in the right you know he probably shouldn't have played that game. I know he said he moved his timetable up is what he said, you know, tough guy towns. And, you know, I want him <laughs> to play, but towns. like, uh, come on towns. You're not, you're not doing yeah. us any favors here. Maybe you shouldn't have played that one. You yeah. know, I respect the, I respect the toughness there, but that was, that was tough, but yep. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was tough. Uh, I love beating the Jazz. You know, last season we beat them three times, and we weren't a very good team last season. They're and like I think the third they're, best team in the West right now, so they're they're right up there again. But yeah, yeah, the thing that's been going so well from this them this season is the shooting. They're like just shooting lights out all season. Their so offense good. is first in the league, which yeah. is normally you think of the Jazz Atlanta's kind of number as a two, by defensive the way. team. We played the top two back yeah, to back, and well, we got blown out both times. So um, yeah, tough game to watch. Another one of those where it was just like. I mean, Donovan Mitchell was incredible. Donovan Mitchell is so much fun. I do? love Donovan Mitchell. Man. Yeah, he had some tough shots. It's nasty. Same <laughs> little pick'em pool. Uh, two seasons ago, I picked him as uh, after the bubble season. I guess last year I picked him as the MVP. It was my MVP pick. So huh? not quite there. The best but. record in the league last year. That's so. what I'm saying. The, yeah, the, best log- player the, the best logic league. was there, but yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see if they can figure their stuff out in the playoffs. We'll obviously see them a lot. We play this team four times a year, every year. So hopefully next time goes a little bit better. I feel like we did not take advantage. It was sad because before the game. Uh, they were asked, like, you know, Towns hard to guard on the perimeter with Rudy. Uh, you, Finch, do you think he should take more three-pointers? And Finch is like, I think he should take 23s a night. <laughs> and Towns responded by taking 11 shots total. Oh, that's tough, yeah. It's just Three like, times. I, I, you know, and you're not, they didn't put Colbert. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later about mm-hmm. what Pat Bev had to say about it. But they they chose to put Bogdanovich on Towns. Yep. And Towns, I think, should just take that shot every time from three. You can shoot over a couple him, of you know? that huge, that really long one. Right? Yeah. But uh, what I'm saying, yeah, 11, no, 11 total 11. shots is not enough when you're not being guarded by Colbert. Come yeah. On. Yeah. Come it's on. either that or you have to like. If you're gonna have 11 shots, you better have like seven assists because they right. were doubling you. Right, and you had exactly. to dish. Like, yeah, you know, they could shut you down, and that's the reason for 11. But then you better help out your teammates there. So, yeah, definitely something to watch, and uh, yeah, something that uh, Edwards had comments after the game saying, "Just go right as soon as you see you have the four man on you, just go right away. Don't even wait." Yep. Um, so that that was the past week, and that's a pretty tough week. You yeah. know, three good teams, two mm-hmm. of the best offenses in the NBA, Ooh. plus Kevin Durant's team. <laughs> no big deal. So, uh, you know. <laughs> Let's uh, let's instead of looking back, let's let's look forward. Here's the tip. I'm so sad we don't have a Gorgie drop. By the way, man, you got rid of them all. I mean, I understand. There's a lot of drops on that board. You got to purge them. But, yeah, uh, and there's still some old ones on here. You know. Yeah, we I know. We got some Culver, Culver ones. Yeah. Got to get those going. But Ruby will stay. We had a I lot. Guess of, we have one Gorgie. I like playing basketball. Ah, love it. Because that's like a you know that's evergreen. Timeless. You know, timeless. Really. Like G Nide is a little like okay, that's specifically Gorgie, but this is yeah. just Gorgie saying a thing that we all believe. Um, anyway, uh, tough stretch here. December the next. Uh, 
basically at these next games here that I have listed, it's about 10 games, maybe 12 games, takes us to like uh, just after New Year's Eve. I think this goes till, uh, uh, yeah, like the 3rd of January or something like that. But uh, And I, I was oof. with you. We talked a little bit before about how like this is a tough month. But after the past week, I mean, this next week, I'm licking my lips a little bit. I know we got Cleveland on Friday, Ricky back in the house, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, well. Yeah, and they're playing really well, but that's not the same kind of intimidation as like the that's Utah right. Jazz necessarily. Yeah. yeah, Portland's playing terrible. I know the Rose Center is it still or Moda Center? Mo- uh, Moda, whatever. yeah. Portland it. is a tough town to play in. They've got great home court advantage, so I'm not taking anything for granted. But that team is struggling. Right well, now. Uh, why, don't, why don't you just run down all sure. these games, Scott? And I think we should talk about it as a big chunk. Okay, should I go through them all real quick? Rip it through. Okay, we got Cleveland at home. Then we're at Portland. We're at Denver. We're home for the Lakers and Dallas, then we go to Dallas, then we go to Utah, then we come back home for Boston, the Knicks, and then three games on the road, Utah, Lakers, Clippers. Right, Which and that's like a New Year's Eve uh, road trip. So basically, yeah, like the next three weeks oh, no. or so. New Year's in L.A. Yeah, it is. We know what happened last time. <laughs> Maybe they'll just stay in Utah. I think like the Salt Lake City game, yeah, is like the 29th or something. But yeah, no, they'll, they'll, they'll get it right out to L.A. But, <laughs> yep, so a little trap down there. But so this is interesting because on paper and especially before the season, it looked a lot worse of like these teams being like world beaters. These are the yeah. top five seeds in the West. It's funny, too, because usually I'd look at this and be like, man, Cleveland's the only easy game there. But uh-huh. now I'm looking at it, I'm like, Portland might be easier than Cleveland. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, so it's interesting because it, it does look tough, and it will still be tough because you have a lot of these on-the-road games. You know, there's only five home games. There's like seven on the road. and But yeah, some of these teams are diminished. Portland's having a hard time right now. They're like 500. Damian Den- has had a really slow start to the season. And he's been injured. Denver, um, you know, lost Michael Porter Jr. Everyone on their team is hurt other than the MVP. So, you know, they're like a 500 team. Jokic is playing out of his mind, though. He's insane. Oh my god, so good. Lakers, Dallas, both, again, teams that are struggling, teams yep. that are hurt. Um, you know, Boston and New York, they're going to be good teams. They're, they're kind of solid, although, again, they're not, they're, not, the, they're not home court advantage teams in the East. Right, they're, I think the Knicks have taken half. a step back from last yeah. season. But then, yeah, you, so, so really having Utah two more times here, having Utah three times in like three weeks is tough, <laughs> even though we got, like you keep mentioning, we got them three times last year, so right, maybe exactly. we could take one or two here. And then, so I don't know. I mean, it's, again, it's more kind of on paper, but I think, you know, I, I do think the Wolves could, you know, hopefully get back to, you know, playing 500 ball throughout this stretch. I mean, I know we talked a few, two, two weeks ago with Radke and, you know, kind of were saying, hey, if we're 500 through this whole month, that's a win. But even after this four-game losing streak, I, I don't know, I'm feeling strangely optimistic about this not like they're gonna win five in a row or something but just so they can hold their own because these teams are a little beat up they're a little down this year based on expectations so you know i don't know it's not like the wolves are great right now they've lost four in a row but uh, i think they can hang in there for this this stretch even though on paper it seems pretty tough well like ant says when he's asked about it he thinks he can beat any team in the league but i think that's only true when we're healthy (laughs) but i think that's true i think if we're coming in fully healthy you know we're not missing russell or beverly or Towns. Uh, if we're coming in fully healthy, I think that any given night we could beat any of these teams. So I think the biggest thing is just getting that health, making sure guys stay healthy, making sure, you know, the Omicron variant doesn't make its way through the clubhouse. It's uh, yeah, it's it's not a severe Neil, but it's more contagious. OK, so that's the thing. Good so know. it could make its way through the clubhouse. We, who knows? You know, the flu could stick around. It's flu season. So I think the most important thing is just availability. Hopefully our guys stay healthy and, uh, you know, <laughs> available in the sense that Pat Bev doesn't get too many technicals and get 
thrown out of some games because yeah. my guy got a tech on Monday in street clothes, and then he got a tech on Wednesday for smack talking Rudy Gobert. He wasn't even talking to the refs; he was just smack talking Rudy. And then he must have said something so egregious for the refs to be like, "Whoa, out of line, on, my guy, out of line." Sportsmanlike conduct. Oh my god! <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I think I think yeah, the Wolves can hang in there through this stretch. Yeah, I think they got to get Russell right. They just clearly miss him so much. Um, so yeah, hopefully, you know, it sounds like Russell's gonna, uh, you know, potentially miss uh, Friday's game. Uh, we'll see here, though. I mean, he's questionable as it is right now, but uh, who knows? But I hope they can get him back for a lot of this and kind of get back to their winning ways and you know, right the ship a little bit. But yeah, if you just look at it, it's uh, there's some tough ones in here, and that's the thing about all these teams too. It's like, yeah, some of them are injured, some of them aren't playing that well. That's even more incentive for them to try and get out there. It's like, okay, we got the Wolves tonight. Let's do this. Like, right. at least let's get this one it's right. Like Delo so. set up the Sixers. You thought we're the team you can come back from your injury and play against. We're not that team, so yeah. we gotta we gotta keep that energy, you know. Yeah. But yeah, let's start with Cleveland Friday night. Can't wait to watch it. Kevin, Ricky, but also they got so many bigs, so many dynamic bigs uh, on that team. It's going to be interesting to watch. And know? Mobley and Jared Allen. Not even to mention Lori, you know. <sighs> Lori Markkinen. There you go. Nice. Uh, well, uh, let's talk about another talented big here, Scott. He's hitting up. Miles Turner. That's what we're talking about. Well, and uh, even beyond that, apparently everybody is available. Fire sale on, uh, on the, the Indiana, Indiana Pacers. Yes, there's, uh, you know, we've had some. Bring Keelan Martin home. Yes, there's been some uh, some movement. There's been some drama in uh, in Pacerland in Indiana. And um, Miles came out today and mm, had a really yeah, strong statement about quotes right uh, here. I, I, they, they've, I guess I'm just a role player here in Indiana. I don't want to be a role player. Yeah, his quote is, it's clear that I'm not valued as anything more than a glorified role player here, and I want something more. More opportunity, Turner told The Athletic. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's uh, that's been the thing. Indiana's big thing over the last few years is like, okay, we got Miles uh, Turner and we got uh, Sabonis. How do we do this? And it's just kind of been doesn't work very well. Yeah, so. I think it's also one of the things that it's been no secret that the Pacers don't want to deal with both of them. They would rather just mm-hmm. commit to one. And I think they're kind of agnostic. I think that, like, obviously they have their preference, but they it's not like we have to get rid of Turner. We're building around Sabonis. They could really go either, either way one. depending on what the what the return package is. But they, it's been no secret for years that they want to get rid of one of the two, which I think has just killed the trade value. It's kind of the Ben Simmons thing. When everybody in the league knows you're looking to trade the guy, then they come at you with some weak offers. But at this point, with uh, how uh, clearly Indiana has stated that they're ready to you know, rebuild this thing, I think that they're probably willing to take less than top return. To- yeah, yeah, it's out there now. It's very official that they are uh, yeah, looking to move. And uh, you know, uh, in the piece also outlines part of why Turner is upset is because he was nearly traded to the Celtics for Gordon Hayward. Like two summers ago or whatever, like it was almost like a done deal. So it's like they he's known for a while that you know it's like he's not necessarily their number one there. So um, yeah, it's just interesting and it's got everyone around the league buzzing because Miles Turner is is uh, you know I feel like we talked about him like one of the first weeks of the season as far as like uh, oh you want to stretch big who are you gonna get? There's not that many out there and he's one of them. You yeah, know, there's a trend of uh, Timberwolves, man. I mean, what is the uh, the Jim <laughs> Pete drop about how good the Canis and everything is? Maybe you can find that drop while yeah. I say this. Um, but just like, you know how the great the blogosphere is around. This how great podcasts. How do we have time in our lives to listen to all the great content that we want to get done? Exactly. And so I think that, you know, 
this is in a slam, but something that we've seen happen a lot is, uh, you know, well, well, the Wolves might trade for this guy. Here's a whole week of articles by really good <laughs> bloggers about John Collins, breaking down John Collins and how yep. he fits into the team. And I think Last we've got, John Collins I feel like we've Aaron gone through Gordon. that cycle with Miles Turner once or twice as a fandom already over the past several years. Cause like you said, this has not been a recent development. He's been on the, his name has been on the block for years and years. So mm-hmm. I think that you could just dive into the Canis archives or the Wolf Among Wolves archives and probably find a handful of posts about comparing whether Miles Turner is a good fit for the Wolves. So I think he's a name who is familiar to Wolves fans in terms of someone we've had in the back of our mind as a possible uh, trade candidate. Yeah, because again, this this sort of weirdness in Indiana isn't anything new. So it's always seeming like, oh, he could be, could be on the market, but now it's seemingly very official. And we'll see. I mean, I think it might be something more for the trade deadline rather than something that's imminent. Um, but on the other hand, it, you know, the, all this kind of just broke this week. So it's all it's all very fresh. So I think, you know, the question is, like, should the Wolves, you know, make a move for him? Should they trade a first round pick and, you know, Jaden McDaniels or something like that to bring him in? And, um, you know, I think he's got two years left on his contract, so it wouldn't be like a short term rental. But, you know, it's a, something to still think about. That's not like Ben Simmons where he's under contract for like three more years. Yeah, after forever. This. Um, but he's the apple of so many people's eye. Again, just the combination of outside shooting and defense and rim from protection the five percent, necessarily yeah, too. From the five, from the five spot is just so rare. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the thing is like, wow, we would love a outside shooter so we don't lose all the space that Towns affords us. But also, Towns' biggest weakness, and he's been a lot better this season, but the, the, the knock on him has always been his rim protection. So the idea of having a big rim protector who doesn't compromise our spacing has always been, you know, very enticing for that reason. But, of course, it's, you know... That, that is the question. What do you give up for him? And, I, and obviously with them rebuilding, it's not like a Ben Simmons thing where we're trying to give him D'Lo or some yeah. guy who can play right now. They would probably accept picks and prospects. But, um, you know, that's the question. Would you give up a first or a first Yeah, what him, it would be, you know? the protection, all that stuff. And really for the Wolves, it's just a matter of do they want to do a move like this now or sort of keep their powder dry for a future iteration of something like this. Yeah, and it gets into the idea of what, how hard. much, I mean, it, nobody knows how much permission Gupta has as the yeah. interim general manager to make moves like this, you know? So uh, how does A-Rod feel about Miles Turner? That's a question we have to ask ourselves these days. Yeah, they might have some input um, on this one. One of Meg's friends was at the game the other day, and she was like courtside or sitting really close, wow. and she said she got up the courage and talked to A-Rod, <laughs> asked him if he was going to move the team. He said no. <laughs> Oh, no. Of course he's going to uh, say no. But anyways, yeah. I just think that was nice. You know, keeping the company line I like there. the idea of A-Rod getting asked that like every day of his yeah. life now. You're going to move us? <laughs> he just doesn't want to be here because that's all everyone asks him. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so who knows what dynamics are at play in the front office and what can be achieved. But I do think the question is, it's kind of weird at this time because I feel like we're still really coming together as a team. I really like the energy. I really yeah. like the chemistry of this team. I don't want to jeopardize that i feel so superstitious about this defense like top 10 defense after those two those past two nights yeah still we're yeah. still a top 10 yeah. defense after we almost gave up the nba record for three pointers two times over the course of three days uh, that's something yeah and, and like i i'm so superstitious i'm afraid that if the slightest you Don't know change the in the wind will yeah. be like reveal that this was all a mirage and that we're still the same old Timberwolves. So like I'm so superstitious. I don't like you would think, yeah, bringing in Miles Turner, maybe not giving up anything but future capital, you know, that would have to improve the defense. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because right now this is all just <laughs> like I said, it, it's magic to me. And so um I would not want to do anything to compromise the chemistry that is making that defense possible. But uh 
you know, it's just who knows what would happen. What happens to Nas? If you, well, maybe Nas would be part He'd of the package. The deal. Yeah. Who knows? That's what it would be. But how, how do you feel about the? I think I'm a little suspect on the Towns Turner dynamic. Like Sabonis is a very different player than Towns, but not that much. Like, aren't we signing up for a similar thing here by doing that? And it's like, oh, this doesn't work. You have essentially have two centers with different skill sets now. Turner and Towns are more similar, yeah. which is – I don't know if that's good or bad. Might like, be worse, yeah. I don't know. Sabonis, um, I think he's a minus defender just like Towns, um, but maybe a better post player. Maybe um, – I don't know. He's probably not better in, in any aspect than Towns. He, um, because so he's, he's definitely not the defense. shooter. Yeah. He's definitely not the shooter that Towns is. He's shooting more threes now, but he's not a stand-out-there kind of guy. Yeah, and if he comes here, if he's – He'd be a glorified role player here too. So that's the thing is he might, might be upset. He might bring that bad attitude here. with him. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's something to worry about for sure. That's a great point. And I didn't think about loves it. Yeah, him. it's like oh yeah, this is this is it. And especially for the Wolves, it's like it finally gives you the opportunity to play Towns at the four or whatever. But I'd be worried a little bit about is it are we going to run into the same issues um, that Indiana's had with Sabonis? And I think Turner. this might be a moot point because I think you know who wants another big on this team? The fans. You know <laughs> who has shown true. no interest in adding a big to this team? The front office. This, sure. this Timberwolves team is built this way by choice, and they want to play this way. They don't mm-hmm. want another big. They want to play small. And like, yep. if they wanted another big, they're out there. You could get a good defensive big, you know, yeah. for a veteran minimum. It's relatively easy to find. They've kind of got him played out of the league in a lot of ways. So we could find someone. We could find yeah. a Cole Aldrich or what have you. As you long know? as waiting, yeah. And so, like, I think it's this team has already kind of shown us they don't want to have another big and have those problems. So I think maybe the fans are we're we're trying to solve the problem by adding bigs, and I don't think the Timberwolves want to. So maybe this is a moot point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Turner ultimately makes more sense as like a you know ceiling raiser for like a title contender mm-hmm. you know I, I don't know that yeah coming to a bad team with or you're going to maybe be stuck in that fourth option third option realm is what he wants but hey when you request a trade or you're gonna be traded if you don't get to pick it's only for agency bro That's true. so uh he's got to deal with it so it'll be interesting to see where he goes yeah, maybe doesn't he feel like go, he's gonna go somewhere just go to portland and be like the you know the robin to damian lillard's <laughs> yeah, batman or something bad. you know whoever gets him is gonna get a good player it's just a matter of like yeah, where i'm just thinking maybe maybe he, maybe he needs to find a market where he can be the second option That's instead right. of a fourth option i think so even if that team's not there's just good. not enough shots for him on this team yeah i would like him in new orleans with zion actually I think that would be good. Mm, Zion's playing again? <laughs> Sounds great. Can't wait to see him. January, maybe. <laughs> maybe. All right, one more thing here. He's on fire! Talking Pat Bev. Pat Bev is back from his... Uh... God, we got to get some Pat Bev sound drops, man. Uh, yeah, he's talking junk now. We got to grab him. We could know? just like have a, you know the the beep the television yeah. puts on for cursing, and we could just attribute that to That's Pat him. Bev. Yeah, he's in there somewhere. We yeah. could get that quote. I mean, I I, I was saying that at the halftime. You said quote unquote or defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Quote unquote <laughs> on the broadcast. on the mic. That's so why. good. Yeah, we gotta get something. Or so, I want someone like talking about him. You know, I feel yeah. like we can get that going. But uh, yeah, let us know out there if you've uh, if you hear a good one. Or we know were talking of a good place. about. I should search YouTube. I haven't searched YouTube. Before. I, I threw it in at the end of a podcast the other week, or uh, so maybe you didn't hear it if you don't make it to the end. Uh, that I said, you know, does, is he the like the most guaranteed guy to be traded? at the deadline this year because every team wants a Pat Bev. Any playoff team, Pat Bev would be a great addition, you know? And so I think he's the most coveted piece, the most likely piece, especially if we're not in the playoff contention. Then we kind of checked our, uh, ourselves and said, well, everyone's kind of around 500. It's hard to see us being that far out of playoff contention that we would be like, you know what? We don't need Patrick Beverly. 
So, I mean, and I was just kind of speculating because I love Patrick Beverly. He's such a galvanizing force to this whole team. To see him come back against the Jazz and just the, mm. the whole team brings an intensity defense and just like a, a raw edge. Yeah, exactly. Making and so, layups. like, oh, he's great. I love him. He's one of my favorite Wolves already. You know, just I love that energy. So, and if he is the key, once again, this is all superstition and magic in terms of defense. I don't know, you know, what's real, what's fake. Yeah. Hopefully it's real. I don't. I, I think I might need to see it for a season or two before I believe it's real just because I've been hurt so many times by the Timberwolves in their defense. But if he is that turnkey that has unlocked this and it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, he's great influence right away. And then his influence peters out over time kind of thing. But like, mm-hmm. I think, how could we get rid of this guy? You know, we got to keep him. We got to sign him up for another deal because, I mean, that he's had more of an influence on the Timberwolves than any other player who's come here, save maybe Jimmy Butler. You yeah, know? I don't think we said, but we're, we're talking right now about a potential Pat Beverly extension contract-wise here. So uh, now you know that's what we're talking about. But yeah, he's, uh, I don't know if that's right, but that number 16 million, I think is about what he's making this year. I think year, about right. Um, expiring, yeah. so he can be extended. Uh, that time does run out here, though, so they have to get it done, I think, maybe before the trade deadline or something like that. Um, and I guess his max is two years, 31 million. Um, so I don't know. I mean, um, you know, I think the Wolves is, so it's interesting because yeah, John Krasinski, I believe on his podcast had a, um, yeah, a little, a little note that, you know, they were, there were talks between the Wolves and Beverly on an extension. That's why we're talking about it here is because apparently it's something they're at least discussing. Um, but yeah, that it's the same thing here. I think with, with maybe with Miles Turner of like, you know, this guy is probably better on a, on a contender as like a, you know, a piece that can help you get over the hump to win a title potentially, especially defensively. Um, but we've certainly seen that he can have value to a, you know, a lesser team as well as a, as a floor raiser, as a, um, a culture guy, as a, you know, kick you in your butt, chew you out, you know, uh, uh, you know, sort of spirit guy in the locker room or whatever. So, and it's not, again, like you said, it's not like he's petering out and it's not like, um, you know, we've already kind of seen a little bit bit of an injury but he's he's doing it on the floor too he's not one of these empty guys who's you know rah rah in the locker room but you know you, you can't play him because he's too old or something he's contributing and can start for you still like yeah. he's still a very good player so the question is do you extend him or do you trade him like i feel like those are the two options um you know they could re-sign him in the summer but i don't know do you think patrick beverly wants to re-sign here well, or do you think he wants? He's never won a title, right? You like, have it here. Yeah, he's never won a title. I, yeah, he's made it to the conference finals. He's never even yeah. been in the finals. So, um, I don't know what that uh, what that means to him. I mean, I think this is not a situation. I mean, he's had one big contract. His last contract was the first big contract. He got okay. three years, forty million, I believe, okay. was the deal. Before that, he's a journeyman. He's been he overseas. Was overseas yeah. You know, barely hanging on. You know, so he already got his first real money. I don't think he's the kind of guy who's like, I've got my money now. It's all about winning the ring. I think he'll. Go where the money is because that's an important thing. So, which could be the wolves. Like, what, what you said, uh, maybe some doc. Uh, it says a max of two years, thirty-one million. That's you know he's making fifteen more than fifteen million per. He would definitely take that, I think, because I think his next contract, his goal has got to be keep the average annual value ten million. Keep it at least ten million a year because you know I'm Two sure he, if he wanted security he can go four years twenty million you know if he wanted to yes. make sure he's in the league for a longer time but if someone offers him two two years thirty million I think that he would have a hard time saying no to that yeah he's he's thirty three it's his age thirty three season he'll be thirty four you know he's kind of halfway through his age thirty three season so you know it's tricky with point guards too because we've seen it with Russell Westbrook and stuff that you can hit a cliff and kind of drop off in terms yeah. of your ability especially with him it's his ability to stay in front of guys and stuff like that so I wouldn't say it's a no brainer that two years is no risk you know for him to hit that wall and drop off but the thing is if he just 
even if he stays kind of similar value where, yeah, he's he's uh, injury prone. So, you know, you're going to get 60 games max out of him in a good season. But all you really need is him healthy for a playoff run. And I think that he has that value. So even if we were to extend him, yeah, that his trade value would still be there next year. Because like you said, any team is going to need a guy like that in the playoffs run. Yeah. And so I think there's less of a risk of giving him that kind of money because a two-year deal, even if you're overpaying him $15 million per and maybe other teams would balk at that price, the, sh- the years are so short that I think other teams would be like, okay, we can swallow this if it means you know adding an extra 5% chance we go to the finals this year. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I think it, you could as long as you get him on something that is reasonable and as long as he continues to show that he can, you know, start. And it doesn't have to be a starter, but as be a rotation player um, at minimum, I think that works because, yeah, even if he's not going to finish that extension here on this team, like I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's good to keep things rolling so far that's been here. And, um, yeah, as long as he can still play, you know, it's just it's just as tough when you're paying a guy that much and they end up being washed up. So, um, But at the same time, reasonable is different here in Minnesota than it is anywhere True. else. Yep. You got to overpay to keep a guy that's here. Right. And so, like, that is just the cost of doing business in Minnesota. Fans who have been here for any amount of time know that. Yeah, and so, you know, I think there's worse things you could uh, have your money on. Because, like I said, even if he drops off a cliff, and he's like useless next season. The final year of his contract, you're still going to be able to get a pro-rated deal where you trade him to a contender who's like, maybe if we can get a couple, you know, his defense could swing a game in a playoff series. And that's all you really yeah. need, you know, at that, at that rate. So, well, and for the Wolves, too, they already have such a good, cheap third backup in, in, in McLaughlin, right? So yeah. it's like, it'd be a little scarier if this was like your only other guard. You'd be like, uh, we're right. paying the, A, we're paying this much. B, we're not really expecting him to play all the games. Like, it's tough. But I think the Wolves might be sort of uniquely situated to be able to um, have this make a lot of sense. So, yeah, because J-Mac signed, I think, for next year as well. So, um, If you can get this yeah. team to be in the top 10 in the defense, you're worth any money you want. Yeah, you should I, keep I, that I'll, rolling. I'll back up the brink truck for you, my friend. <laughs> you you name the price, I will sign it. Yeah, Pat, Pat. But yeah, that's just a question. I'm more questioning whether he wants to be here. I mean, I think he, I think he's he he doesn't dislike it here. I no. think he's he's going to do everything he can once he's on that whatever team he is on that for the whole season. He's going to be a good soldier, but it's a matter of like how does he want to? He has to decide what, how he wants to finish out his career. And if he's cool making more money being with a lesser team, then we're probably the place for him. But I can also see him being like, I've been so close to a title. Let me go. Let me go back to the Clippers. Even with Kawhi coming back, let me um, go to Milwaukee. Who knows? Like, or maybe he knows he's been so close that there's no sure thing. There's no team you can jump on because that Clippers team with Kawhi and Paul George that seemed like that super team that was kind of guaranteed to get there, and they didn't even make the conference finals this first season. So maybe he knows that there is no guarantee, so that there's no reason to give up money to go to a team that you think is guaranteed to go to the finals because nothing's guaranteed. So he's a wise man. I think if you trust the organization, though, you say I'll sign this, but if it doesn't work out for us, will you trade me to a team? that has a chance to go to the finals and then the Probably organization can. says yeah. these normally yeah, work of course. Yeah. Uh, well there we go uh, Patrick Beverly we'll see about the extension give him the money give him that cash we say um, speaking of cash we got to make some let's uh, let's get to our sponsor and uh, sometimes sometimes uh, you know Scott we take we take sponsors because the money's right that's right you know what I mean and it's uh, you know it's, Disney trips aren't free that's that's right we got we got to keep the money coming in and I think uh that's one of the cases here because our sponsor this week is none other than Bally Sports and um, their, uh, their, their app 
you know, um, hard to say if it's a good app or a bad. Yeah, the parent, I don't know. The parent company Sinclair is only single-handedly destroying local news journalism across the country. No big deal. That's we'll, had no uh, impact on our democracy, I'm sure. Yeah, but uh, hey, we, we had to take the sponsor anyway, so let's jump into it. There's no other way to legally watch your favorite Minnesota sports teams without Bally Sports. That's right, Bally Sports is the best sports streaming app in the market because it's the only sports streaming app in the market. And with that kind of monopoly comes zero incentive to present a functional product. That's right. You want to watch a replay of the Timberwolves game? Bally Sports probably has you covered. Want to pause the game to go to the bathroom? Too bad. Do you need to rewind to watch a play you missed? Tough luck. Who do you think they are? Any functional video streaming player that was released over the past decade plus? Not Bally. Would you care to fast forward through the halftime show? Or perhaps to catch back up to where you left off before Bally's never buggy, totally serious, not a joke of an app crashed? Who cares? Bally doesn't. Bally Sports understands that you need them more than they need you. So either pirate the Timberwolves like a criminal, or bend over and take what Bally gives you. <laughs> you loser. <laughs> God, you suck. Bally Sports, the heartburn of the fan. All right, up next, it's time for Worried Not Worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm really, really worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm freaking out here. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I mean, why, why would I be worried? I'm not worried. I'm not worried. You're not worried, are you? All right, Worried Not Worried, uh, the segment where we take the temperature of our anxiety, of our fears, of our worries, Scott. And uh, we've got some... Some new things to potentially be worried about here this season. Um, Am I know. worried about Sinclair's effect on democracy? Yes. <laughs> you know, I feel like usually we only get to a couple of times doing this segment because, well, the season just goes off the rails and it doesn't really matter anymore. So, 20 what are you, what games under Wow, well, I worry about it. Yeah, anything. what are you worried about at that point? It doesn't matter. Are you but, worried your friends will catch you watching the Timberwolves? <laughs> yeah, the list becomes very different. <laughs> but, you know, we're uh, still a relevant team and. Uh, you know, Christmas is in only just a few weeks, so this is uncharted territory here. So uh, we have some real uh, potential worries to get through here, and uh, we're going to go one by one. we got four of them here, and we're going to discuss, um, you know, our fear level, our anxiety level on each of these. First up, Beverly talking junk in the games, Scott, and in post games, riling everybody up, getting under the skin, um, calling out some of the best defenders in the league. Um, quote unquote. Quote unquote. He does not believe that they're some of the best. Best defender on the league is on our team. His name is Pat Dev. Allegedly, the best defenders in the league. You know, he got a tech, like I think you mentioned, he got a tech in street clothes on Monday, you know, uh, arguing, talking junk to the ref after like a review. And then, as you said, he uh, he got a tech on Wednesday um, talking to, to chirping at uh, Gobert. So some of this stuff is ramping up, and a lot of it now is like kind of overflowing into the at least on monday or excuse me on wednesday of the post-game stuff calling out the other team even though you got beat like are we worried about any of this maybe taking an outsized influence and becoming a distraction this year scott do you want to go first 
No, I, I I asked you. I'm setting it up so you can get us started. I'll I'm not worried, Neil. I think it's laughable to be worried about this. Oh. This is the edge that this team has been missing. Yeah. I've talked about it for years. This team has been soft, and we've always needed someone who. Well, James Johnson. James Johnson. That was one of the few times we weren't <laughs> soft, you know. And like, I felt like Jimmy and Taj brought a little bit of that. Even though I think Jimmy's a kind of a fake tough guy. Pekovic, a lot of times. Pekovic. Uh, that was the last he, time we had someone he that you wouldn't quiet, mess with. He was a quiet tough guy. Yeah, but he was. Well, you just need someone on the court where there's not going to be any shenanigans because no one wants to get into that kind of business, you know? Bialita and Aflalo going at it. Exactly, put him in the headlock. <laughs> I used to be jealous of Aaron Aflalo. But uh, I just think that this is the kind of attitude, this is the kind of edge that we need. And yeah. I think that, you know, he's got every right to talk smack. It doesn't matter if you win or you lose. That's missing the point of talking smack. Talking smack isn't about whether you have a good point. You know, in fact, sometimes the best smack talk is when you don't have a good point, you know? And <laughs> I just, just riffing. I mean, we're just letting off steam. This is a team. Our patron saint is Kevin Garnett, the man who told mm. Charlie Villanueva that he looks like a cancer patient. Yeah. This is KG telling, telling Mello that his wife tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios. I mean, this is the soul of the Timberwolves. And there's nobody that brings that KG energy in this league more today than Pat Beverly. I've got a, I have yeah. took a video earlier this season of him in street clothes running off the bench to block a guy's shot oh, after yeah, a timeout. Yeah. That, that Bev, it brings that energy. We need that energy. I want our whole team to have that kind of attitude. Soak it up, Ant. Soak it up, Jaden. I want you guys to learn something from this guy. The only fear, the only small thing is, we already know we're going to miss Pat Bev for, what, a dozen games a season? I don't want it to be 15 Add games more. because of all the technicals. <laughs> He's probably going to miss one game because of technicals, but let's not have it be two. Okay? They always add up right with the playoff start, right? Like That's when it hits, too. It's, it's like, oh, well, no. At the rate he's going at, it's going to be taken care of in February. <laughs> but I'm just saying, that's the only that's the only thing. And even then, uh-huh. the refs probably have to hear what he has to say, too. So, I, I, I mean, it feels like I've got someone who represents me on the team who's going to tell the refs what I would think of them. So, uh, Pat Beverly, I'm not worried at all about it. I want more of it, in fact. Yeah, I'm not worried about it being a... I'm not worried about it being an overall negative thing for the team. Like you're, like you're saying, like, it's it's more of a... Like, even though young guys are seeing it, it's like, it's sort of a... Uh, it's actually like something you, you kind of want them to have a little bit of, right? You want... Edwards to come up with a little bit of an edge and and whoever it is whoever these young guys are of like kind of seeing that because I think especially when it's a guy you know James Johnson I guess he had sometimes sometimes in the league he was okay but like Beverly's like an established vet who's been around about now again never won the title but he's always been on good playoff teams and all this stuff so playoffs every year I think again they're seeing a guy who maybe is known for taking it too far a little bit but he also backs it up on the court with you know, a very strong defensive reputation, you know? So I I hope that like that is part of it too, where it's like, this isn't just our 15th guy on the end of the bench, like talking, and this is someone that starts, this is a leader in our locker room. So I think because of that, um, that especially helps it be something that can be a positive thing. Yeah, and it's not like Boogie Cousins in the terms of just being a victim all the time. Like uh-huh. he, he gets in trouble with the refs, but he's giving him an earful, and then he'll turn around and tell our team, "Stop complaining to the refs." Down you know, and, like yeah. he he's not like it's out of control and he can't control himself. He's very intentional in what he says. The only thing about Beverly, I do have a problem with guys getting texts in street clothes. Like you're, what are you doing? Like you're not even playing, and you're out here like costing us points. Like I that does rub me the wrong way. So I'll, I will say that like don't get a tech unless you're even in the even when you're in the game. I have a problem with you getting a tech usually, but I'm much much more willing to give you a pass if you're in the game and you're sure. going at it. Whereas this guy, but that just shows you how KG like he is, yeah. right? Even in street clothes, he's on his feet are on the court. He's he thinks he's in there. And I'm not saying this was the case on Monday, <laughs> but like it's okay to get a tech in street clothes if you're protecting towns from getting a tech maybe or something like 
like that. Like, yeah. you know, Towns is about to get one, so you curse out the wife a right, little right, bit right. louder. Sacrifice. Take that. But uh, no, I agree. <laughs> Speaking right. of text, by the way, uh-huh. we didn't talk about it in week recap. How in the world does Rudy Gobert get to slam his water bottle, cause a delay of game by spilling ice all over the court, yeah, take a three pointer out of our it. pockets because of that, and not get a, not even get a delay of game? I'm saying you don't have to give him a tech. Whatever just he didn't he didn't do it on purpose. He just threw his water bottle recklessly. But give him a delay of game because yeah, like he a, quite literally delayed the game. It's a half half tech right there. What are you doing? There. All right. Next one. Worry not worried, Scott. Uh, are you worried about the fan expectations? getting out of control. I think I'm asking this in the sense of, okay, the Wolves won like seven of eight and now they've lost four in a row. Are the like, does the seven of eight like influence the the loss of four in a row a little bit more now that like, oh, this isn't just a crazy bottom feeder team. Like we know the Wolves, us, us as Wolves fans, we don't have experience in this, right? We are, we are very prone to being excited about even playing well around Christmas and stuff like that. Like we're saying, like it's all such a different kind of season. Are we going to get bent out of shape? And again, I'm not really saying you and me specifically, but is the fan base going to kind of get this thing out of control? And it's a big disaster if they're somehow only win 35 games or something like that. Like, how far is this going to go this year? Uh, I don't. I'm, I'm not really worried about because I I haven't seen this as a problem yet. I don't mm-hmm. see people like maybe their expectations are a little greater, but I don't think the expectations are anything. Maybe the most out of line expectation I've seen is like we, we're definitely going to be 500. Where it's like if we're 500, <laughs> that's a that's a very successful season. Like I, I pick yeah. the under. I think if you get 35 wins, that's the over. I think a lot of people who really pay attention to the Wolves would still be like, yeah, that's like a 12 game improvement over last season, and yeah, last season's a shortened season. So I think that the people who pay really close attention to the team probably don't have those kind of expectations. Expectations, and I feel like the casual fans don't have those. Uh, oh yeah, Timberwolves are making the playoffs this year. Kind of expectations yet. So I'm going to say that uh, I don't think I don't think that's a case that I've seen yet. Um, but we did talk about it a little bit on last week's podcast. Just the expectations that come with like the national media. Yeah, next know. week's Lakers game got bumped up to ESPN, and I hope that as a crowd, we're not rocking all the Lakers jerseys. <laughs> Hopefully, it could look like a home game. So that's the only thing I'm talking about. But no, I'm not worried. Neil, are you? A little bit here. I'm a little worried on this one because. I think um, you know. I think there's the, the just a little bit of yeah, getting carried away with it, and a little bit of um, we're kind of skipping steps potentially here as a fan base. I see too much like angst that goes on still, and maybe I'm just giving too much credence to the past. But I'm just like, guys, settle down. Look how good the defense is. You know, like I feel like I have to like calm people down or have to like I I see takes on Twitter that are just very. Um, you know, ahead of where we already are. Like, oh, we won seven out of eight. We beat the Sixers. Like, we we should be winning all these games now or whatever. Like, there's just a little bit of, I think there's some areas of the fan base that are getting ahead of itself. And that just sets you up for, like, even more disappointment, I yeah. feel like. You know, it's, like, kind of dangerous in that way because it's, like, if you're supposed to be bad and you're bad, fine. But, like, if you're supposed to be kind of bad and then you exceed that initially, there's almost, like, there's nowhere to go but down, you know. If like you're even just like even 500 from there on out, it's like that's a disappointment. Why can't we win six out of ten every game? So it's just like so. I think due to the inexperience of dealing with the ups and downs of a, of a of a decent team, not even a good team, but a decent team. And I think that's the thing is like people are rushing to say, oh, maybe it's a seven seed, maybe it's a six seed team. When you know it's probably still a just below 500, nine, ten type of thing. And and I think there's a little bit of um, you know just getting out of shape a little bent. 
Utah shape a little bit here, and I think it will have a negative effect on those fans specifically because they will crash harder because of what they thought that we might have been able to do in the middle of the season. And those fans might have it rough because uh, I think, like you said, we talked about the tough month of December ahead. We said we'd be lucky if we were at 500. We'd be thrilled if we were at 500 after this tough month. And then we go into January where we have three home games all month. (laughs) So I think there's a good chance that maybe we're 10 games under 500 at the end of January. But then... The schedule eases back up. Maybe uh-huh. if we just play at a consistent level, we lose a lot over the next two months. But then we slowly work our way back to 500 over the course of February and March when the schedule schedule gets easier. So those people might go for a real roller coaster. Yeah. You know, they might they might uh, quit on the team before we get to February. But I They'll just come on back. I don't. I just I can't even put my self in the headspace of someone who can feel hope like that. You know, uh, like yeah, we, really. we know we've been we've been here too long to have that kind of kind of wild and careless hope. You That's know, right. reckless this, hope. This is the pump. <laughs> The breaks podcast yeah, here. We've been around the block. And, uh, we yeah. are very excited for a team that might get 35 wins. I mean, that would be a huge success. It's going to be so. ebbs and flows exactly. here. So ride, ride it, ride it out. It's a long season. All right, next one here, Scott. Worried or not worried that the offense will be bad all year long? Are you worried that the Wolves will just never get out of this? And I guess we can justify bad, or we can uh, say maybe like bottom tw- bottom ten, right? Like it won't get out of the 20s. Uh, you know, I feel like that would be that would be considered bad. Although if sure. you're around 20, I think that's okay. But like for the wolves and their yeah. expectations, and even not even just, just set, the personnel, even set, yeah, personnel. Just even setting expectations aside, just look at the roster. Feels like they should be better. Are you worried that they're going to be a bottom 10 offense all year long? I'm going to take an interesting approach to this, Neil, because I'm not worried. Because as long as our defense plays this way, it doesn't matter what our offense is. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. pay attention to the net rating. Because if if we're bad on offense, yeah, that stinks. But if we're so good on defense that it offsets that kind of loss on offense, then I'm fine with that. I don't care how we how we get there. In fact, I kind of after these past 17 years of watching us be good on offense and terrible at defense, it's kind of a thrill to watch us be flip the script like that. Obviously, I'd, I want to be good on both. But uh, if I had to pick, take my pick, I, right now I'm, at this point in my life, I'd rather watch a top 10 defense and a top 20 offense than vice versa. Um, but be, but having said that... you think they will be in the bottom 10? You know what I mean? Like I, I think that's, it's very likely. And, the, and my only thing that I'm worried about, two things, I guess. One is I think... Malik might not bounce back. That would be my biggest worry. Because yeah. the idea is like Malik's out of shape or and he's playing himself into shape. He had a great dunk the other night, so maybe he's getting back into shape, <laughs> but he hasn't found a shot with any kind of consistency. Yeah. And if he can't find a shot, he is killing us. And not only that, but then he is just killing our roster too, because you can't trade a guy like that who can't shoot. His only his only NBA skill is shooting. And if he can't do that, then like yeah. it's just a nadir on the roster and it becomes an issue chemistry wise. It becomes an issue cap space wise. It just could really soil things very quickly. So that's my only issue is I kind of thought Beasley would be back right now. I do have a uh, wild theory about what could be affecting him, but it feels irresponsible to talk about on the podcast. So hit me up in person. I could give you my own theories about what might be happening to Bees. But um, I will say just that. And also like Towns, you can't have games like last night. You can't shoot 11 times Towns. You know, mm-hmm. like you've like that's the other thing about offense is like I would feel better about this offense if we were as bad as we are and Towns is missing more, I guess, because it's just like Towns, I don't know. That's frustrating. So those two things frustrate me. Those are the two things I'm worried about. But overall, if our defense stays the way it has been, I don't really care if the offense figures it out or not. Yeah, overall, I'm with you. I mean, the net rating can be still high because and they could still be a 500 team with a, a bad offense and a, and a solid defense. So 
you know, I think, you know, the team's win loss, you know, won't necessarily, you know, take a big hit because of this. But just in the, you know, just in a vacuum, I am worried about the offense and whether it can, you know, come out of this because I feel like they would have by now. We would have seen signs of this. And you, that's a great point about Towns. Like, and I think it's fundamental to this team of like, I think just the way it's built, you know, is just the, it's not to say it's a big disaster, but it's just, the types of players they have on offense, like they just with Towns as your best offensive player and not having another four who can, you know, space at all. Like it's just there's only so much you can get out of him. I feel like Chris Finch would have done that by now with the games he coached last year and then the games that he's already 25 games he's coached this year. We're getting to a pretty good size of like you've had time to kind of get Towns going here. Now Malik, um, D'Lo, all these guys who are shooting, shooting underneath their percentage – that can come back up. That is a that could be a variance thing that can come back around. But Towns is the guy you worry about when he's not like you're saying he's not getting the number of shots. He's not getting super efficient looks. But somehow he's he's, he's been incredible. He seemed to have forgotten how to play well, in the paint, you know. Or... Sure, but I'm saying like he's made shots regardless. Yeah. But when he's not getting as many up, his usage isn't where we want it to be. But right. he's still been amazing percentage wise. Yeah. You know, he's having a, he's what they said on the broadcast like fifth in three point shooting in the league right now. Like yeah. wild. So you know he's been fine, but like you just want him to be more than that. And um, that's what you got to worry about, I guess, with the half court offense. So, yeah, I'm worried because it's been this much already. And I feel like we would know by now, you know, what sort of is going to happen. So that's kind of a scary one. So, yep, a little bit worried there. But, um, yeah, one more here, Scott, for Worried Not Worried. We'll get to our weekly Wolfies then is uh, Worried Not Worried that our defense is a mirage built on lucky opponent three-point shooting speaking of uh yeah sample size and stuff like that this is something i'm worried about because yeah, they're second to last in opponent three-point shooting in terms of the opponents Field are goal bad percentage. yeah the, the opponents are not making threes against us right these are threes 25 and to 29 feet basically I, I think the numbers will back me up what we've seen this season so far despite the last two games where once again the nba record was flirted with by both utah and atlanta the thing about the wolves this season has been their new defense uh, you know with the whole idea of the low man being there the defense kind of gives up open three-point shots. That's exactly right. And it's we part have, of the system. It's part of the system, and it's a choice that's made. And we've seen a lot of games. I still go back to that Pelicans game we went to, Neil, and we saw Alexander Walker go like one for 12 and Graham go like two for 14 from three on just a – heaping load of open looks and yeah in you know that's the defense it's what the shots we're choosing to give up and we've gotten lucky because opponents haven't made them i saw kevin o'connor uh, not a big fan of personally but hey it's okay you do you koc you're being very successful <laughs> he had a video for the rainer talking about portland's defense which is kind of similar to the wolves in some ways and that the way they blitz pick and rolls and, mm. and they basically have a style of defense that leaves open shots and they have one of the worst defenses in the league because p- opponents are hitting those open the, three points the worst the, the worst 30th. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that doesn't look too different from what the Wolves are doing. Why are we so much better? And it's like, oh, our shooting luck. It's shooting luck. And yep. we see what happens when that luck fails. We see us get blown out by the Hawks. We see us give up 24, 25 threes to the Jazz. And I know, like you said, those are the two best offensive teams right now in basketball. So maybe don't beat yourself up too much. But I do think that we've been really lucky. And if that luck goes away and we lose that defensive edge, it's just what we were talking about. I'm okay being 20 on offense if we're 10 on defense. But if we fall down to like 15, 20 
winning on defense, we're going to need to figure some stuff out. And so I'm afraid that the league is catching up to us or just luck is kind of averaging out to the mean. We're regressing to the average amount of luck. And that is revealing that our defense has been a bit of a mirage. Um, and so, yeah, I'm extremely worried. I, I am past extremely worried. Yeah. I'm frantically worried. I, I think the way you stated this, though, is kind of intense. Like, is a mirage built on lucky opponent three-point shooting? I think... I think if those stats are right, then yeah, there is a regression in the mean coming. More teams are going to hit more shots on the Wolves. Maybe. I mean, I think the Knicks last year were a good example of like, maybe not. Like some, I think like opponents just missed a ton of shots on the Knicks all year last year. So you can get by, but it's probably going to get back closer to league average. Like that's how stats work. That's how numbers work. Yep. Um, but I don't necessarily think that that is like the reason why they've been so good on defense. Like they are forcing, they're still f- like, way up there in force steals, which I think is something that's a little more stable, you know, unlike shooting luck. Like if you're forcing this many turnovers through 25 games, you're probably going to continue to do that. Whereas threes are more of a thing that's going to come and go. So it's, I think, uh, I think the, to your point, the defensive rating is going to come down or go up, I guess in this way. And we're going to probably be more closer to the middle of the pack um, because yeah, these threes are going to be falling. You're going to have these nights. That's what I was thinking about while all the threes were going. I was at the game on Monday. It's like, all right, this is what we get for that for the, some of these other games where they're called like for every one of those there's one of these games where <laughs> where they're going to knock down 20 on you so it's yeah. just like you got to take the lumps because you got the you got the benefit on the other side when they went you know two for thir- uh, 30 or whatever in that game so um that's how the league goes these days it's uh you know that make, or make miss. it or miss <laughs> yeah make or miss league but um yeah i think the defense will be able to hang in there even when those three start going but yeah wolves fans should expect uh, regression right there and for teams to hit those shots even if they're not Atlanta Hawks or Utah Jasmine um, all right there we go worried not worried we're not too worried right now I think we're hanging in there we're doing okay let us know on Twitter what you guys think about I'm worried about that. what I'm supposed to do with all these leaves in my garage <laughs> they're not picking them up anymore I don't know what to do I've got, I've got like eight bags of dead leaves in my garage huh? fire has gonna hang out just uh, what am I supposed to do with all make of them? a pillow I don't know Meg wants them out of the garage I gotta figure it out yeah, dispose of them in a lake or something. <laughs> Real responsible. Well, I mean, it's the earth where I'm returning the earth to the earth. I yeah. don't know. It's, uh, it's carbon, right? I've, somebody let me know. Someone Just like that. let us know. Please. Yeah, how do we compost <laughs> all this? Confused. Compost bin. Um, all right, next up, Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. Okay, award time, uh, awarding things to folks who deserve it uh, for good or bad things. What's notable to you this week, Scott? What are you thinking about? Who wins your award? Sometimes I give Wolfies for the obvious things. Sometimes I give Wolfies for the subtle things. Mm. And it just seems like kind of a congratulations on your first NBA start this week. Uh, Leandro Balmaro. I want to say it right. right? Leandro Balmaro. Yes. First NBA start. But what this is really about is uh, just... I've I've noticed that he does a lot of great stuff on the floor that's conducive to team rebounding. Oh, he's yeah. not the one getting the rebounds, but the way he steers his defender into bad rebounding zones, like the shot is up, he's making sure his defender's getting pushed. I saw him even like kind of guide his defender into a bad rebounding zone. I saw him <laughs> focus on blocking pathways for cutters, like the ball is up oh. in the air and he's seeing a guy standing out of the three point line. This is the traditional. I'm going to scream in here. I'm going to cut, grab the ball right over Cat's head and jam it back in kind of thing. I'm 
seen him just blocking off pathways. Balls up. He's for, not, for offensive rebounders to fly in for a tip dunk or right, something. Right, for the opponents. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, the ball will be in the air, and he's not even looking at it. So when you think, like, rebounders, you got to look at where the rebound is. No, he's looking at, this guy's Who's over crashing. here. He's going to crash. I'm just going to yeah. cl- block off this pathway. And so it's just, like, a lot of really subtle stuff, but it's the stuff that you need. It's kind of like, I always admired the Lopez brothers because they don't have huge rebounding numbers because they're boxing people out. They, right. they do the box out so Giannis can get the three-point numbers. And it's just, like, one of those things that doesn't show up in the stats sheet and it's just something that our team really needs you know and so like doing that subtle stuff to improve the whole team rebounding I think is uh, commendable and very fun to watch so keep it up uh, Balmero I'm sure Balmaro I'm sure we'll see you get more and more time if you keep doing stuff like that Hi everyone here Lando Balmaro I'm very happy to have been drafted by Minnesota Timberwolves and also just a little fun fact here Ben's on the mic on Monday he Ooh. said that he doesn't like to be called Leo oh he likes Leah Leah. Leah. Which is surprising because like, if his name is pronounced Leandro, I thought maybe Leia. Leia yeah. would make more sense. Yep. yep like, yep. like Star Wars. Leia. Jake Lehman, Lay. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> apparently, I mean, it makes sense if your name's pronounced Leandro. You might not want to be called Leo, but Leia. Interesting. I mean, Leah. 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 Like Leah B. Olson. Leah B. Olson. Leah. Okay. Well, so, uh, we're getting the nickname uh, in yeah. there. We're getting to know you every day. We're learning a little bit more uh-huh. about you, Leah. Leah Balmar. Leah's balling. Yeah. My, my weekly Wolfie. And I think that's exactly why he's been in the rotation. Like, yeah, he's not he's, – his shooting is probably the worst part of his game. Like, he's not in there for offense. Right. You know, he's not even, like, throwing that many passes or run. I mean, he is the point guard. He's, you know, he's, he's taking the ball up, but it's not even like that. It's all about his defense and his rebounding has been so – so impressive, and for a team that still struggles uh, uh, to to finish a defensive position with a rebound, uh, that's huge. So it's funny because I think when we drafted him, we thought, "Oh, this is going to be a flashy guy like a Ricky Rubio." Exactly, and he has shown no flash. He's all been he's just been about solid, consistent, and that's what's getting him playing time. And he's huge too. He's six seven, big so guy, really big. So it's good that he's rebounding. Leah, nice one there. All right, Scott, uh, I'm going back to the well with this one. Shouting out a uh, friend of the podcast, Cheryl Reeve. Why don't we have a drop oh for her gosh. yet? Gosh, we need a Cheryl Reef podcast. You you know her from uh, eating cookies uh, on the broadcast. Uh, delicious, uh, sweet, how, sweet. How cool she cookies. is! Just how assured she is in kind of her own greatness is that she's yeah. getting interviewed about. Well, I'll let you say this. Yeah. I don't want to steal your thunder. No, yeah, she was getting interviewed and she was just popping cookies in her mouth. So yeah, she's just chill. She's she, getting she interviewed though because of a big thing she accomplished, uh-huh. and, and she's not even focused on that. She's focused on selling Becca's cookies, just <laughs> chewing a cookie on air. Some people are mortified to eat in front of other people. She's eating on air oh, while being interviewed mouthful of cookie just being like you know i know we're here to interview me but let me just say becca's got the good cookies that's that stuff that's why you love cheryl she's so humble and uh but yes cheryl reeve is the new coach for usa basketball's women's national team Woo! she's been the assistant coach um for the last two olympics in uh, 2016 and um, 2021, uh, but then she was also the you know assistant for the FIBA World Cups in 14 and 18. So, yep, it was uh, Gio Ariema of uh, of UConn uh, for the first couple there, and then last year it was uh, Dawn Staley, um, who coaches uh, you know former W player who coaches at South Carolina now. So, uh, Dawn kind of announced at the end of the Olympics that uh, she'd probably be moving on, and I think she literally even said in her presser that she would recommend Cheryl. So this isn't coming out of nowhere. But it's now official, and uh, Cheryl will be uh, the head coach for uh, the next the next summer games coming up uh, sooner than we think. Because hey, we yeah. had to skip a year, right? So uh, she'll be doing the twenty twenty four Olympic games. Um, 
So yes. Hopefully. What country are they in? I don't even know. It doesn't even say it here. Better search because I know China's got the Winter Olympics and we're already seeing people kind of uh, jump out. But, you know, just another feather in a historic career of Cheryl Reeve. And I think just another reminder. I mean, I think I'm kind of preaching to the choir here on this podcast. Everybody's listening here. You understand. Paris. Paris. She's she's going to love it over there. Beautiful. Yes. Is it Paris or do they do cities or always uh, Paris? Because uh, World Cup always a country, right. right? No, it's Paris. Paris, okay. Although they will be over the course over of multiple France. cities, yeah. But um, you know, just just a reminder of like this is someone who is a legend who is in our midst right now, coaching, um, kind of in her prime, and so don't take it for granted because uh, stuff like this doesn't happen very often uh, in Minnesota. So um, you know, just just uh, you know, just another reminder of what we have here, and, and don't miss out on the greatness of Cheryl Reeve because uh, won't be here forever. And um, you know, I think we'll look back on on her as just one of the best to ever do it. Oh yeah, uh, in, she's going to so. be on the Mount Rushmore for of Minnesota sure. basketball for oh, sure. Yeah. So. Just, oh, just props to her. Check for out her podcast, this. too. She got her own, that's the right. Cheryl Reeve Show, everyone. Check it well, out. That's right, and the Talk North. You know who's excited about the Olympics in 2024? Who, who? Timothy Luau Cabarro. <laughs> Hometown. Can't wait. Hometown balling. Yeah, good times. That's Weekly Wolfies. Let's finish this up with a game. We got dice here, Scott. This is a new game, Neil. We got dice. I thought about it when I was falling asleep last night, and the most amazing thing is I remembered it when I woke up. Nice. You and, know, uh, everyone was always like, I'm going to remember this for sure, and then you wake up and you freak out. Clearing right the space there. for dice, and right. uh, this is a game where we're going to face off, and there are, there are stakes to this game. That's right. And uh, okay, so the game is called Five Shots, but we're already an hour plus into this, so we're going to modify it, Neil. We're going to call it Three Shots okay, this week. Three, okay, three. But the game is one. Five Shots, <laughs> and yes, the the loser of the game will have to take a shot oh. of the, the proprietary Cuckoo Kangaroo oh. Lava Mouth Hot Sauce. That's, That's right. right. We thought maybe we take a shot of alcohol, but then we're like, that's just enjoyable. Why wouldn't you want to do that? So yeah. we're going to do the Lava Mouth Cuckoo Kangaroo. That's right. Cuckoo's got their own hot sauce now. Oh Check it gosh. out, everybody. And one of us is going to be checking it out very <laughs> intimately here. That's right. It's a sweet potato habanero um, uh, sauce with uh, edible glitter in there. So it's a sparkly sauce. And yeah, you can uh, pre-order. We sold out of the first batch. We can pre-order your bottle from the second batch at cookandrew.com. We'll link to that in the show notes. Technically, is it all glitter edible? That's right. Yeah. Might yep. kill you. It just depends on what All right. So here's how it works, Neil. Uh, I brought some dice. Uh, I'm a D&D player. Shout out yeah. to my D&D homies. these. These triangular... Looking die here. Yep, we have we each have two D10s. One okay. has uh, the numbers uh, ten through one hundred on it, basically zero uh-huh. zero through one hundred. This is, uh, and then the other one is one through ten. Okay. And how this is going to work is we are going to roll this to see what our shooting percentage is. So the 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 ones with the tens through twenty, that's like so. I basically just threw a fifty, so that means I'm shooting fifty. And then I rolled the other one, fifty fifty nine percent was that what I just rolled. Okay. There. So what how this is going to work is we're each going to pick a shot. From the court, you're going to say, I want Carl Anthony Towns corner three. We'll look up what he shoots from that area, and then you're going to roll your dice. If you match his shooting percentage or or go greater than that, you will make the shot. You'll get three points. Got it. Or you could go for two points and say, I want Jared Vanderbilt's paint percentage, and that might be like 60%. I don't know what J8. Uh I mean, V8. It could be be much lower than that. But uh, in that case, then you would roll it, and maybe you have a higher chance of making that shot, but you'd only get two points, okay? Okay. So whether you make or miss it may change your strategy going forward. So are we trying to get a certain amount of points from these it's shots? It's whoever has the most points after three shots. After we each three. get three shots. Okay. Typically five, but three to Okay, cool. I'll let you go first. 
Okay, maybe so. Okay, so I need to pick a Timberwolves player and like a zone they shoot from. Yep. Okay, let me get um, let me get uh, and it's is it good to pick something in like in the middle? Is there any is there any advantage to like picking a high number versus a low number? Uh, the advantage is the high number. You're more likely to score points. So I I would say the goal okay. here is to go for the highest percentage shots. Sure. Okay, I would like a um, I'll, I'll take a Carl Carl Towns from the corner three corner three Carl Towns. All right. And let's see here. I've got them both pulled up. Doesn't matter what corner. No, no. Um, you're the rule. You're the you're the game master here. Okay, for tonight, I'll give you the whatever corner he's best from. Okay, okay. He has not shot a lot of quarter threes this season. So uh, from oh, it's just this season. Okay, just cool. this season. Yeah, from the right corner, he is shooting 37. percent He's hit three of eight. He's above league ag- average. League average is 36.8. He's at 37.5. So, so basically, you have to get lower than 37.5 on your roll to make it. Oh, lower? Yeah. Okay. I thought I had to uh, uh, go higher than it. No, because like you said, then you'd pick someone who shoots 10% from an area because you're like, it's easy to get higher than 10%, so lower. Because okay. that way, if you pick someone that's 50%, you have a better shot of getting under than if you pick someone who shoots All 40%. Right, so I'm going for under 37 yep. here. Oh, boy, that's hard. So do I roll both at the same time? Yeah, go ahead. All right. 29. 20, 26. 26. Still, still counts. You've made a three-pointer, Neil. All you right. got that corner three. No shot can be chosen twice, so now you've taken the corner three from Towns out of my book. All right. Okay, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go Carl Anthony Towns in the paint. I'm going to go for an easy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully easy. Separate from restricted area. This is well, including restricted area, but... Yeah. So he is a 126 of 215. Probably like 60%. 58.6%. Yeah. Which is above the league average of 57. You have to get underneath that. I got to get under 58, which is pretty, eh, yeah. pretty big number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 31. 31. So I've got two points. You've got three. All I've right. Two shots I'm gonna go. Um, yeah, I am. I'm gonna go here. Yeah, I'm gonna go Vanderbilt at the rim, please. At the rim. Yeah. Even though he doesn't have any other shots. I mean, I could say uh, he's 0 of 5 from three. <laughs> It's not great. Underneath zero. Hey, he's uh, he's better than Cat at at the rim so okay. far. He's fifty eight point five percent. It's just a crazy low volume, but yeah. Yep, he uh, is uh, fifty five of ninety four. I mean, so I have to get under what fifty eight? Yep. All right, under fifty eight. Let's go. Get that too. 20 percent. Twenty percent. All right. Twenty percent. Got five points. So I got five. All right. So, okay. Well, I'm going to go. You better go for a three here. Which player? You're trying to pick a player with a high number. Yeah. Really, there's not many for this season for the Wolves. I already took Towns' corner to take Towns above the break. That's the next highest. I don't know. This feels like cheating because I did when I was trying to figure out what shot charts to do. Like I had to figure out what website would allow me to search shot charts. Yeah. And I used Anthony Edwards as an example. But since you're up, I'm going to tell you about Anthony Edwards from the corner. Oh. This season. Is he really hot there? From the left corner, he's 5 of 8, 62%. Ooh. From the right corner, he's 22%. So I'm going to go left corner. 62%. Okay. I'm going to make that corner three. Come you on, got this. You got this. Uh, 4%. Or does that count? <laughs> you got the double zero, right? Yeah, the double zero actually means 100%. So, so I think, actually, no, does it, does it represent 100? No, you can't get higher than 100. It would represent zero, I believe. So, yeah, so you got 4%. 4%. That ant's got that. You got it. You Nothing hit but it. that. Okay, so we're tied up. We're Neil. tied up. And uh, I guess I got to go for a three here. Then the best you could do is tie. Um, but who's another high number guy? Um, who's next? I think it's like Nas. So I'll go Nas Reed. Uh, kind of, uh, do I have to pick a section of three? Uh, just above the break. Or, okay. or corner. There's straight on. There's the corners. And then there's the wings. I'll take the straight on, please. 
right. I think you could, I could see him making that. So what is it? What is it? How many? It depends on how many, right? It's like such a cut down sample. He's better from the left wing. He's better from both corners. Straight wow. on, he's at 28.6%. He's made 6 of 21. Wow, so i got to get under 28%. Yeah. <sighs> this is tough. Let me get that double zero. 64%. Oh, miss. See, this Dang. Is, this is you, one of those now where all I need is to score. I'm going to pour out this sauce <laughs> maybe, right now. Maybe do that free throw shot that we were talking about. Gap free throw. But since I don't want to look up a whole new number, I'm going to just say, let's see. We did Vanderbilt in the paint. We did Cat in the paint. Who else is going to be good in the paint? I'm going to say, who's been good in the paint? Beverly? He's made a lot of floaters and teardrops. I'm sure everyone's shouting at the radio right now. You idiot. Why aren't you? Uh, I mean, you're better to pick a big, but you could pick Nas in the paint. But who's big, you know? You could pick Nas in the paint. Okay, I'm going to do Nas in the paint. He's shooting 55%, so worse than okay. Vanderbilt and Taz. Oh, man. Here we go. This is for the sauce. Can I get the dunk? 78! 78! <laughs> We're tied. Tied. Okay, so tiebreaker. Should we pick someone who's bad at shooting and each pick his own? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like uh, that's good. Jaden or who's who's probably our worst? Beasley. Should we pick? Should we both pick a three-point zone for Beasley with the way he's been shooting this season? Uh, and then we have to get lower than it. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, I'll pick. Um, hmm. I'll pick. A, I'll pick wing above, above the break. <laughs> Do I have to pick a side? Yeah. Okay. I'll pick. I'll pick. Um, yeah. Left. Left Actually, side. I'll just give you the better side because that's what we were doing at the corners. Okay. Yeah. And the left side is this better side. So okay. 38%. Okay. So, so now you've seen that one, so you're picking a different player? Or yeah. No, I don't know how you're doing it. So. No, I'll take, I'll take straight up. Straight Cause on. Because you're right. You're right. I did I did see the number, so that's cheating. So, so I won't pick the corners. Straight He's, on from these. Yeah, straight on, it's 28. So you have 38, I have 28. We'll see. Right, I have a slight advantage. By the way, from the corner, it's pretty good this season. 37% from the left corner, 45%. What are the, the right how many attempts, though? The attempts uh, are he's, so low for He's made goals. 17 from the right corner. He's made 10 from the left it's corner. It's like one so, yeah. a game. Yeah. Not as much as we need. Okay. Okay, so, so you I'm, need 38, I, I need 28. 28% is his straight on. All zeros, baby. Uh, all zeros. You got, you got zero. I got eight. <laughs> I got zero percent. You got eight percent. We both made it. We both made our shot. Oh yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. It's not closest to the pin. Okay. The game rolls on. The game rolls on. Okay. Jaden McDaniel. It's five shots after all. We got to our five shots. We're doing Jaden three pointers. Okay. Jaden McDaniel's. Yeah. I'll let you, um, I'm not looking where he's good at. Throw ahead of time. Let's each pick a spot. I feel like he's maybe hit some corner. Uh, but yeah, it's like hard because like he hasn't taken that many. Um, yeah, I'll take I'll take Jaden above the break. Um, no, I'll take Jaden straight on. Actually, he has not hit a straight on three this season. Oh, so okay, I'll take above the break then. Okay, he is twenty eight percent. Okay, oh, great. I'll take from the corner where he's twenty nine percent. So oh. it's about the same. He's not he has not hit thirty of his shot percent of his shots from anywhere except the paint this season. All right, here we go. Who can get under thirty? 28, 45. Ah, I got it. Oh, you got it right on, right? Yep. Oh, man. All right, I got to shoot this hot sauce. Yeah, he's 29 from the corner, and so I got 28. I don't know if I'm going to fill it up. Don't do it all the way. That's just too much hot sauce. Oh, man. Even though it's a hot sauce that's supposed to be kind to you, smell this. <laughs> smell the sweet potato in there. Mm, the habanero. It smells good. Spicy. Spicy. But it smells right. good. Cheers to uh, cheers to the wolves and uh, their hopefully better shooting percentage uh, in uh, going forward. Here. That's right, Jaden. Bottoms up, crowbars up. All right. Oh, Woo. oh, 
game with some stakes on it, everybody. This is called Five Shots. You can play it at home. All you need is some dice. And uh, I'm using StatMuse.com. Uh, well, that's hotter than I thought it would be. <laughs> Get that first-hand experience. That's like cuckoo sauce up in your Ooh, nostrils. A, Getting it all uh, in your sinuses. Oh, I'm feeling open now. Cuckoo kangaroo. You can try this at home. Get your own cuckoo hot sauce. They're out of stock right now, but they're refreshing oh. it. So get in line for it. StatMuse.com. All you have to type in is Jaden McDaniel's shot chart this season. It'll show you. Or you can do cat shot chart this season. So StatMuse.com. Uh, once again, I, my complaint is that basketball stats are so much harder to find than baseball stats, but StatMuse is a good job. So good times. Check it out. Good game. Thanks for bringing over the. This guy has like dozens of purple dice, you guys. So I'm in all denominations. Now you know that. All the different sides. But yeah, that's uh, that's it for Wolves Cast. We finish it off with a spicy shot. Would you say you have a lava mouth now? Yeah, my mouth is my mouth is sweating. Uh, the lyric is um, lava in my mouth, but I can I can hack it. Shout out to a friend of the pod, Alex Conover, uh, North Star Hoops. Alex Conover, he designed the label. Made the the label for us. Real good. But yes, hopefully the Wolves can uh, win a singular game this week. Let's get back in there. Let's let's beat Ricky and Carl and um, and uh, Kevin Love at Target Center on Friday. That would be great. And if you're selling your tickets to next uh, Friday's Lakers game, make sure you don't sell it to any LA fans. (laughs) Uh, Ask them if they have a Kobe jersey before you. Yeah, check them for Lakers tattoos. That's right. All right. We'll be back next week with another podcast. Appreciate everybody listening. See you then. Goodbye. Kickball that time by Josh Okoge reminds me of how good Corgi Jang was at that. Corgi Jang, I think he set a record one season for kicking the basketball intentionally. Corgi grew up playing soccer.